God's coming to the pulpit. We're excited to have Brother Gore back with us. And I am believing that God is just going to continue to build on what he has been doing these last few weeks. He's going to be here the entire month. So we are believing that something is about to evermore break out. And I'll say it again. I know it's a holiday weekend, but we don't ever let that stop the church. The church is always the one that reigns and that has the priority. So while the world may be celebrating and out there shooting off fireworks and all that, we're not against fireworks. We love fireworks. We're believing for some supernatural fireworks. We're believing that God is going to do something that only he can do. And we've come with expectation, believing so get with the man of God, preach with him, hang on every word. Brother Gore, preach to us, preach to me, I'm ready. Come on, do that one more time unto the Lord, for he is worthy of all of our praise. Come on, why don't you do it with a spirit of gratitude and expectation for what you believe the Lord has the ability to do in this house. Hallelujah. 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 There's a great spirit of the Lord that is in this house. And I'm, I don't always know what is normal for you because our introduction has been recent. But this is what I am quickly finding out about greater faith. It's more than an adjective. It's more than the name of the church. It's a reality and a culture that we walk in. It's a mindset. It's a posture. It's more than a mantra. It's more than a cliche. It's a lifestyle. Is there anybody that just walked in and you've got some greater faith this morning? I've got faith this morning for God to do the miraculous. I really do. And by the help of the Lord, I want to just preach to you this morning, and we're just going to let him do what he wants to do, all right? John chapter 2. John chapter 2 and verse 1. I do believe that I have direction for tonight. Um, that normally does not happen. But I do believe that I have direction already for tonight, and I have great expectancy for what is going to be accomplished in the spirit. I thank God for what he did um, last weekend and for the ministry of uh, my friend, Kerry Jones. I thank God for what he did through Brother Draylen and what has happened the last few weeks. And I, I believe I've said it, but I'll say it again. I'm more a proponent of shiftings than services so many times we come into a service and we allow God to move in a space and a place and then we allow it to be locked in that place and space but I, I just tend to like it when God is not limited to just move in a service but from a service 
I think the Bible would call that going from glory to glory. There's a compounding in the spirit. There's a synergy in the spirit. I believe that's what the Lord is doing. I was sitting at my gate and I looked up and there were some creepers watching me. Brother BK and Sister Emily were snooping around the corner and chuckling. And we had a grand reunion, and that's when I knew our flight was going to be okay. Uh, this flight ain't going down. It doesn't matter the turbulence. We're going to be all right. And so I'm just thankful to be back with you all. John chapter 2, John chapter 2 and verse 1. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said unto him, They have no wine. So Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And so there were six water pots of stone for ceremony and purification. And Jesus saith unto them, I want you to fill those water pots with water. And they did not just fill them, but they filled them to the brim. And he said unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not from whence it was. But the servants which drew the water, they knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said, Normally every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse comes out. But you have kept the good wine until now. And this was the beginning of miracles that Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. So I want to preach to you for just a few moments the beginning of miracles. The beginning of miracles. I don't just believe the Bible is readable. I believe the Bible is livable. And we're going to see the miraculous continue to be a culture and a norm and a lifestyle. If you believe that, would you put down your phone, put down your Bible? Would you lift up your hands and your voices one more time? God, I thank you for this great family of faith. God, I thank you for this body of believers. I praise you in advance for what you are getting ready to do in this house. I believe that you are going to do the supernatural. I believe that you are going to do the miraculous. I pray that you would go beyond every sacrifice, every prayer, beyond every effort. Do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we have thought, asked, or comprehended. And we will be quick to give you all glory, all credit, all honor that is due you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say in Jesus' name. 
Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Now, if you really believe in that prayer, I want you to clap your hands unto the Lord this morning. You don't have me convinced that you believe that prayer. If you really believe that God heard you and God is going to accomplish his word, I want you to clap your hands as loud as you have all service with faith and expectancy. neighbor and tell them the beginning of miracles turn to your other neighbor and tell them the beginning of miracles God bless you and you can be seated John would begin his writings with the beginning of the word in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. John begins his book. John begins his literary assignment wanting us to realize that this great God of the cosmos, this great God of the galaxies, the, the, the maker of every molecule, the CEO of all the seen and unseen, he was not just God of the grand. He was not just God of the magnitude and the mighty and the majestic, but he was also the God of Monday. And he was also the God of the mundane. He is describing the deity of God. But then he begins to segue into the humanity. He wants us to realize that this is God in flesh. This is deity in humanity. This is not just God. This is God with us. He would describe God in his grandness and his greatness. And then in chapter 2, he would immediately pivot and he would give us the narrative of Jesus in normal life. Jesus at a wedding. Jesus in the middle of an everyday occurrence. Wanting the reader, wanting you, wanting I to understand that the God that sees all also sees you and I. That the God who knows the planets and knows the name of every star is the same God that walks up in the middle of a wedding with his disciples. So it is that Jesus is walking into just a normal occurrence, a normal festivity, a normal celebration. He is there with his Disciples, he is attempting to blend in to the crowd. Not everybody knows that he is about to be performing the miraculous. Not everybody knows his heavenly mandate. Not everybody knows his supernatural assignment. But somebody is about to blow his cover because his mama's there. And everybody knows how mamas are. Mary. 
the mother of Jesus is there. It almost seems as if Scripture wants you and I to know that Mary is there more than Jesus is there. Scripture takes careful attention to notify us that it's not just Jesus and the bros. Jesus' mama's there. Mary, the mother of Jesus, is on location. So just maybe the day is not going to go as planned. Maybe, just maybe, Jesus does not really know what he is in for. And he always knows what he is in for. But mama's there. (laughs) So it is that in the middle of the celebration and in the middle of the wedding, they run out of drink. They run out of wine. Now, if we understand the context of this setting, we understand that this in reality is, is, is a symbol status. And for them to have run out of drink and wine for their guests was a, a great embarrassment for the bride and groom. This is, this is something that did not need to happen on their special day. And so... Mary being the attentive, kind, compassionate mother that no doubt she is, she immediately notices and she immediately goes to Jesus and she lets him know that there is a dilemma. She notifies him that they have run out of wine. Can I just, can I just stop right here and pause and, and remind you that while I'm not as old as some of you, I have been plopped on this planet long enough to realize that it does not matter how great life is. It does not matter how full life is. It doesn't matter how vibrant the season or the moment that you find yourself in. Life is going to run out of wine. Fullness is going to segue into emptiness and it is at that time that you begin to realize how pertinent it is that Jesus is on your guest list you know what I think is really significant I've never really thought about this before truly but it seems as if Jesus is there before the wine ran out And so it is that no matter the complications and no matter the emptiness and no matter the narrative that our life begins to twist and turn into, if Jesus is already there, see some of you, some of us, we've all been there, we're humans, I'm not here to call you out, I'm here to call us out. We've all had a moment in our life where Jesus was an afterthought. He was a 911 call, and we tried to binge spirituality. We tried to get spiritual overnight. But the Bible says that Jesus was already there. Life will be so much richer and so much smoother if you just go ahead and make Jesus the VIP. It's not that your life will not run out of wine. And it's not that your life will not come in contact with emptiness and dilemmas and negativities. But if Jesus is already present, 
then he will be a very present help in time of trouble. Oh, I need somebody to make up in their mind. I'm just going to go ahead and put him as priority for my marriage, for my mind, for my family, for my children, for my career decisions. I want Jesus to be an invited guest, not an afterthought. Jesus is already there. Somebody say Jesus is already there. Is it all right this morning? So Mary walks up to Jesus, who is already present. And she brings this need. She brings this dilemma to him. She says, they've, they've, they've ran out of wine, Jesus. Okay. Wow, that's unfortunate. No, Jesus, they've, they've, they've ran out of wine. Oh, my mother, that's, that's, that's really unfortunate. Jesus, um, they've ran out of wine. So you're telling me they've ran out of wine. Um, Jesus, Jesus, dear, Jesus, dear, um, listen to your mother. They have ran out of wine. You want me to tell you in Hebrew, Greek, Aramaic? <laughs> Remember what I taught you. So they've ran out of Jesus. Um, they've ran out of wine, and you about to do something about it. Oh, oh, mom, oh, mom, mom, uh, mother, mother, mother. I, this is not my time. This is not on schedule. <laughs> but I'm just imagining the conversation but this is what scripture says woman what have I to do with thee mine hour is not come um, you got to be really brave really stupid or Jesus to call your mom woman in public. So unless you're brave, stupid, or Jesus, I just call her mom in a real sweet tone. And I'd probably say yes, ma'am, after that. He said, woman, you're about to blow my mom. I need you to be quiet. They don't, they, we're not together. Never seen her a day in my life. No, she did not carry, for, carry me for nine months. I've, ne I've never seen this woman. It just seems that perhaps Jesus is trying to create distance. And it just seems as if maybe Jesus is trying to refute any plausibility that this really is a close, tethered relationship. And he says, woman! Don't bother me, paparazzi, get her out of here. I don't know this chick. She cray-cray. I do not know who she is. And what does mom do? Is this all right? We're going somewhere, I promise. I'll preach in a moment. What does she do? 
The Bible says she does not even give him the dignity of a response. She turns to the servants. And she says, hey, 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 you know, he's acting like he don't know me. That, that's my boy. Um, he's, he's about to say something. And whatever he says, I need you to do it. Now you just go ahead and come on back to the organ, my man. I'm not done yet, but let's see if we can fake him out again. She says, she says, I just want you, I just want you to listen and be attentive. He's about to speak, and when he speaks, do it. So Jesus has a protocol. Jesus has a nature. Jesus has an MO. And if there's anybody that knows it, it has to be his mother who has watched him and observed him and now, I don't know if he's practicing miracles in the backyard. I mean, the little bunny was about to die, and he resurrected him. I don't know if there's a plant that's dead, and Jesus speaks life to it. I mean, I don't know what kind of questions you are going to ask when you get to heaven, but my brain works a little differently. I kind of like to know if... If Jesus had already turned water into wine in their fridge and they just didn't know it. I'm just saying. The Yeti was just always full of Gatorade. They, never, they didn't know why. All of a sudden, she says something to these servants. She says, I know him enough to know that if he's going to do something, he's going to say something. Because Jesus won't operate with his mouth closed. I just want you to sit here and I want you to wait. I want you to wait for a word. Any moment, he's going to speak. And whatever he says, you've got to do it. Which means that Jesus is not going to speak. He's going to demand something of you. See, we like coming to services and we like coming to sermons because we can hear a sermon and not do anything about it. But when the Lord Jesus Christ speaks, you were never meant to be a hearer. You were meant to be a doer. The tree never talked back and said, I'm not doing that. The water never talked back and said, I'm not doing that. The star never talked back and said, I'm not doing that. Pluto never talked back and said, I'm not doing that. You were never meant to come to church and hear a nice oratory masterpiece. Go home and have conversational discourse about all the layers and nuances of how that message shriveled your brain. The reason why we tend to gravitate to sermons that cause us to think and only think is because we can talk about it, but we don't have to do anything about it. We can reason over it. We don't have to respond to it. Now notice I said think and only think. We need messages and moments and teaching 
and the breaking down of scripture and exegesis and expository presentation that causes us to think. But at some point, you've got to go from thinking to doing. At some point, you can't just amen with your lips. You've got to amen with your life. We do not just believe that this is a readable book. We believe this is a livable book. So if the eyes of the blind open in this book, we believe the eyes of the blind can open today. We believe if a broken heart was restored in this book, it can be restored today. We believe if somebody's mind was chaotic, chaotic and frantic but then it was made whole and sound we believe that somebody's mind and brain and spirit and thoughts can be healed today have you ever noticed that if you get around us too long um, we're a little emphatic about what Jesus says why do we worship because Jesus said why do we live holy? Because Jesus said. Why do we pray? Because Jesus said. Why do we come to church? Because Jesus we We just have the mental attitude. If Jesus said it, we've got to do it. We cannot hesitate. We cannot debate. We do not have the luxury to listen for another voice. The moment that Jesus speaks... We've got to do something. Stay with me for just a moment. I'm almost done. Jesus has something else about his nature. Something else about his M.O. that Mary knows. Mary knows. Mary knows. Mama just knows. It's going to be impossible for Jesus to do nothing. She does not give the servants details. She does not know exactly what he is going to do how he is going to operate, what he is going to say. She just knows. It's going to be impossible for my boy to sit still and watch this dilemma and watch this problem and watch the embarrassment and watch the tears and watch the... It's just going to be impossible. I know him. He thinks he'll stand by and he won't do anything about it. He'll do something about it. Maybe, just maybe, she saw the bunny get back to life. Maybe, maybe, just maybe she saw the flower that was wilting that he spoke life over. Something in her knew Jesus will do something. I don't have evidence for how she knew, but she knew. Why did she ask him to do something? She knew that she knew that she, the Bible said uh, there was a moment when she was pondering some things in her heart. She didn't know all that was in his heart. She didn't know all that he would do. She just had this uncanny, intrinsic knowledge. He's going to do something. Now, I don't need fresh batteries in my discernment to know who of you have that attitude and mindset. Because some of y'all done, y'all done walked into the house of God and you said, all right. We know how this is going to go. This is a month of revival. We know the protocol. We know the routine. He's, gonna, he's the new voice. He's really passionate. He's going to try to get us out of our seat. He's going to try to get us to believe more. He's going to try to get us to believe that God is about to do something. And so we wait for the details of what God is going to do. 
But you and I do not have the luxury to know all of the details of what God is going to do. So while I did not walk in the back door knowing exactly what God was going to do today, I walked in the back door knowing it won't be nothing. Pardon the grammatical error. Pardon the double negative. But it won't be nothing. For with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. God will do something. God will do something. That's why I pray. That's why I fast. That's why I walk in the greater faith, looking for what God is speaking, hearing for what God is saying. Stand with me. Stand with me. Watch. He said, all right. You made me do it. Mama made me do this. You do realize you have clout? You do realize you have the ability. We, we think that God does not change his mind. God does not change his nature. God does change his mind. Do we remember or do we not remember Abraham? God can and will change his mind. He doesn't change his nature. There are some things that are on God's agenda. There are some things that are on God's schedule. There are some things that God desires to do. And he is waiting for us to pray them into existence. He is waiting for us to prophesy them into existence. But could it be that God walks in and he allows you. Israel is the mother of us all. The church. He allows the church to persuade him to do something that might just not have been on schedule. That might just have not been on the agenda. All I know is that he told Mary, Mama, woman, it's not my time. She didn't believe it. She wasn't impressed. She wasn't intimidated. She ran to the servants and said he's about to do something. But before he does something, he's going to say something. So he's going to say something. He's going to do something. And it won't be nothing. Just wait. Just wait. So now, he has been persuaded. Now I'm going to stop just a moment. If you knew you could persuade him, your worship would be different. If you knew you could persuade him, your faith would be a little different. You've got clout. You've got status. Not everybody at that wedding could say, I'm married the mother of Jesus. Believe it or don't believe it. He said, I want the servants to go. I want you to go take the water pots. And I want you to go fill them. And something was not just bubbling on the inside of the water pots. Something began to bubble on the inside of some servants. Because somebody said, oh, no, 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 Don't fill it half full. Don't fill it three quarters. No, no, no. Fill it to the brim. Something's about to happen. Fill it to the brim. Fill it to the brim. 
I'm just gonna be honest with you. If it was me and my water pot, I'm filling it about halfway up. Because just in case this water don't turn to wine, I just like to fake some people out. They said, no, I want you to fill it to the brim. Now, if you fill it to the brim, that means you've got to hold it and you've got to carry it very carefully. I love when somebody asks me to pass them the sweet tea or the Coke refill at the restaurant. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. Let me pour it. And I'll pour it and I'll pour it. And I'll pour it, and they'll say, that's enough. And I just act like I don't hear them. They say, no, 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 we're good. And I just fill it all the way to the edge. And now they've got to move that cup from right here. I hate you. I hate you. I just love it. Because if you're going to hold something that's filled to the brim, you've got to be very careful and intentional about it. That's why we vacuum. That's why we straighten chairs. That's why we practice when we sing. That's why we have colored lights and a screen. And we are meticulous and careful because we seem to be just coming to a normal service. It might just look like water to you, but at any moment, the water is going to turn to wine. At any moment, the normal song is going to turn into the supernormal song. At any moment, the worship in our natural is gonna shift into the Oh, I feel a little water. I feel a water, I feel just a little, maybe. Is it water, is it wine? Now, these weren't just little pots and these weren't just little jars. These were ceremonial. It was inconvenient. It was inconvenient to fill these with water. And Jesus said, I want you to fill them with water to the brim. And then I want you to draw out, and I want you, I want you to hand out the water to the guest. Now, here's the deal. Um, we got a cup. Can, can I have my, my uh, cup or whatever else you call it? <laughs> I think you call it a cup, right? Oh, oh. So, if this is just me, I'm just, I'm just going to tell you how I would roll. See, some of y'all, y'all act way too spiritual. And you act like you, you, you believed it from them. If right now, 10 people received the gift of the Holy Ghost, 15 were baptized, and 5 were healed, some of you would act like you believed it from the very beginning of service. And you know you didn't. You were waiting until the moment that water turned into wine. See, there'll always be somebody that stands up and says, this wine is wonderful, but the servants knew. The servants knew. See, while I celebrate the miraculous that's taking place, I celebrate the servants that were faithful before the miraculous took place. I celebrate the mama. I celebrate the daddy that said, we're going to come to church even if it is just another Sunday full of water. We're going to get ready. I know you got throw up on you. I know we got a flat tire. We're, going, we're not missing the house of God because we just don't know when the water is going to turn to wine. 
always going to be somebody there to celebrate the water that's turned into wine. But who is going to carry the water that's still water? I'm here to help you because I don't want you to feel hypocritical for being human. Need I remind you that faith is an action, not a feeling. I know what it means to come to a service like this and... I'm just gonna spill a little bit because it still hadn't turned into still hadn't turned into wine. It's still water. I gotta go to church. I gotta sing. I gotta preach. I gotta teach. I got friends with me. There's emptiness all around, and it's still water. And so you have a decision. You can be a citizen of Chillville. You can just wait for the water to turn into wine. But that's not your job. Your job is to take the water that will turn into wine. I don't know if it turned into wine when they were carrying it. I don't know if it turned into wine when they served it. I don't know if it turned into wine when he drank it. All I know is that the water turned to wine. And all I know is that in any given service, it might be in the announcements, it might be in the song service, it might be in my first point, it might be in my 20th point, it might be in Sunday school, it might be Sunday a.m., p.m., or I just know at some point, Something is going to begin to turn. Something is going to begin to happen. I will not be disappointed. It was water one moment, and then it was a new wine. You've got to do the natural before the supernatural. You've got to do the mundane. Oh, it looks like just a little hand wave. It looks like I'm just coming to the altar. But I'm waiting for the water to turn to wine. I'm waiting for the water to turn to fill it to the brim. I'm not hiding the fact that I'm coming with water. Because at any moment, wine is about to spill over. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Stop, watch. I'm not gonna call you out, but this is this is a parallel of our humanity. We, we got any more water? We got any more water? Is there any more water? I, I want them to pour it out in front of everybody. Watch, 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 watch. There's different categories in this service right now. Some of you haven't even filled the water pot. Say, no, I'm no, I ain't doing that. I'm just here. I looked the part, but if you look inside, I'm hearing what he said, I'm not doing what he said. You got the suit, you got the tie, you got the dress, you got your little hollow hallelujah. You're hearing everything that's said, but you ain't doing nothing. You got the water pot, but on the inside. Then there's some of you, you said, okay, I believe it. I, I, put the water in. Put the, put the water in. Pour the water in. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Okay. All right. Nobody knows. <laughs> that it's water. Nobody knows if it's wine. I'm not gonna fill it up to the brim. I'm gonna wait for somebody else to get their miracle first. I'm gonna wait for somebody to worship first. I'm gonna wait for someone to get undignified first. 
because if it doesn't happen, nobody will know this wasn't why. Am I helping somebody? But somebody said, no, we're not going to fill it halfway. We're not going to fill it three quarters. We're going to fill it to the brim. So he went back. Run, 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 run. He said, you're second enough. You got to fill it to the brim. You got to fill it to the brim. Fill it to the brim. That way, everybody knows. I'm not trying to get you to believe I'm the healer. I'll let you know right now, that's water. I'm not trying to let you think I'm the deliverer. That's water. And if the water doesn't turn to wine, it will stay water. But I'm carrying it in expectation. I'm worshiping in expectation. I'm believing something. Watch. The governor, he took the drink. Wow. Everyone, can I get your attention? He said, he's probably a little drunk if we're honest. And some of you think we're a little drunk. We are. Because this is not normal wine. This is supernatural wine. This is heavenly wine. We've had a taste of the spirit. That's why our worship is a little different. That's why our schedule is a little off schedule. The Bible says when he had tasted the water that turned to wine. The water did not invalidate the miracle. The water validated the miracle. I'm not ashamed of the moments I feel doubt. I'm not ashamed that I'm human. I'm not ashamed of my feelings. But I carry the water anyway. Because faith is not a feeling. I feel doubt, but I walk in faith. I feel fear, but I walk in faith. I feel carnal sometimes, but I walk in faith. I feel a little scared that I'll be the only one. But I walk in Bible says when he had tasted the water that turned into wine see it was water until it wasn't it was a normal service until it wasn't it was just a cute little pretty sermon until it wasn't it was just another trip to the altar until it wasn't See, there's going to be people that walk in our midst and there's people here today 
You're going to take a sip and it's going to be wine. God's going to heal you. God's going to feel you. But it takes men and women that were faithful with water. It takes men and women that were praying on Saturday. It takes men and women that while they were vacuuming the back row, they said, tomorrow, Jesus, you're going to say something. I'm going to do something. And then the impossible is going to happen. I could preach it like I feel it. He said, he said, normally, when I come to most weddings, starts out great. Starts out bougie. But then, we all know the junk is coming. The normal is coming. The trash is coming. Doesn't matter how great it is. It won't end great. Doesn't matter how unbelievable it begins, it'll end believable. Doesn't matter how wonderful it starts, it'll end with less wonder. But this party, this celebration, you saved. The best for last. He said, I've never been to a place that got better and better. I've never got. I've never been to a celebration that was exceedingly and abundantly above all that I had been invited to or thought that's what happens when you're on the same guest list as Jesus that's what happens when Jesus is a fellow attendee that's why we are more preoccupied about him being here than you being Watch. He said, that which was okay came out, and then it got better, and then it got better, and then it got better. Are y'all going to help me? Should I, should I have saved this for Sunday night? He said it got better, and it got better, and it got better, and he said you saved the best until last. What did the next verse say? And this was the beginning. The best wasn't the best. The best was only the beginning. God does not save the best for last. God gives you the best at the very beginning when he fills you with the Holy. And it gets better. Oh, you ought to get another drink right now. You ought to take another sip right now. Oh, hear me, hear me. Hear me. I just got to warn you. I got to warn you. You got no water? I got to warn you. 
just for a little bit. Now, some of you little weary, you're tired. I'm not judging you if you're not jumping 10 feet high, if you're not running the aisles yet. I'll give you a second chance in a minute. Watch. Some of you, you sitting beside somebody, and they're not too convinced about what I'm saying. This is what I've learned in my short time plumped on this planet. If there's anybody that doesn't think this is the best drink, your next question should be, when was your last drink? He took a swig and he said this was the best. No, 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 no. Oh, oh, hold that for me. Hold that. The longer and longer and further and further you get away from your last drink, it was just another drink. It's just another religion. It's just another motivational speech. It's just a bunch of God stuff. It's a. Donnie, when did you have your last drink? Hey, sir, when did you have your last? Because if your last drink was just another random drink, I don't believe you. Because if you ever get a drink, if you ever get a drink, it's joy unspeakable and full of glory. I can't describe it. I can't explain it. The best is only. I'm done. I just want somebody to get a drink this morning. I want somebody to get another drink. Come to the front of this altar. Hurry, hurry. Hurry, come to the front of this altar. Come on, this altar's open right now. Come on, we're not waiting for Sunday night. You've got to get a drink right now. You've got to get another swig right now. You've got to get another sip right now. Come on, I feel some water about to turn to wine. Somebody lift up your hands. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Come on, don't wait on me. Carry the water. Carry the water. Carry the water. It's hallelujah right now, but you'll be speaking in tongues in a moment. It's just a normal praise right now, but you'll be liberated in a moment. You gotta let the water turn into wine. somebody get a drink. Help somebody get a drink right now. Help somebody get a drink right now. It's water until it's not. It's another altar call until it's not. It's just Sunday morning until it's not. I'm not convinced. So we're all going to become a vessel right now. How do you become a vessel? Lift up your hands. We're about to be a vessel right now. If you'll give God your natural, he'll give you the supernatural. If you'll give him your hallelujah, he'll give you the heavenly. I want you to do it right now. Lift up your natural hands. Lift up your natural head. 
Lift up your natural voice. God, I came to you with water. I'm a little weary and a little tired. All I've got is a watery hallelujah. All I've got is a watery I need you. But I need the water. Oh, there it is. I need the water to turn the... Oh, somebody let it out right now. Come on, there's some new... There's some new wine getting ready to flow right now. Come on, prodigal. Come on, elder. Come on, new convert. Come on, teenager. Come on. You've got to get a new drink. You've got to get a new drink. You've got to get a new drink. say and then I got to say my voice for tonight I'm giving y'all some bonus minutes because someone's trying to break up in here I love Sunday nights at greater faith but it's not Sunday night yet I said it's not Sunday night yet we got to leave in just a few minutes I realize we got 2 p.m. services all that but here's the thing you're about to walk into your next service with this drink and some of you are about to lay hands on the sick. Some of you are about to agree with somebody that's empty. And it better be that this service was your last drink. There is a reason. There is a reason. There's a reason that they have a bar and bar stools. Do you want to know the psychology behind that? Some of you already know. There are people that will walk in by themselves and they'll get a drink. But the business psychology behind a bar with bar stools is that if you're sitting by somebody who's getting a drink, they'll get another drink. And then you'll get another drink, and then they'll get another drink, and then you'll. If you drink by yourself, you tend to not get drunk. You tend to drink less. But if you're surrounded by others that are under the influence, you'll go for another drink, and you'll go for another drink, Oh, you better watch who you're standing next to right now. You better watch who you're praising next to right now. You better watch who you're celebrating and interceding next to right now. Because if I'm getting another drink, you're getting another drink. If I'm praying to... Come on, greater faith. Let's go for another drink before two. Let's go for another drink before tonight. Grab the hand of a neighbor. Lift it high. And get another drink, get another drink, get another drink. Come on, lay hands on somebody right now. 
Agree with somebody right now. Believe with somebody right now. Jesus said, Jesus said, Jesus. 